Podcast. This is episode 13 of Jim Reamer. As, as usual, we have Zach Tyler from Northern Indiana. Zach, how was your uh, Memorial Day weekend? It was hot, and I was I was at the pool though, so that was a that was a plus. Nice. Uh, the pool is there? The pool? Where is the pool? Is that like a neighborhood pool, or is that you've got a pool, or that that would be at uh, at Robbie Lightfoot's house? Hmm. Lightfoot, they have an in ground pool, and so we go over there. F- really often in the summertime we are not allowed to announce what ryan's doing yet uh <laughs> funny you said that because i just helped pack up his u-haul this morning as he's he's leaving yeah. tomorrow morning for phoenix there we go do we know what school yet i mean we know what school yet but yeah uh is it, pu- is it public yet he hasn't officially made it public yet and i'm not gonna step on any yeah you're not gonna be that you're not gonna be that guy yeah he's a friend he's a friend we'll give him that courtesy that's right so um yeah yeah our neighborhood pool here is closed so not that i frequent it anyway but um, i would think pools would be the safest place to be right now with as much chlorine there is but um i would think covid virus or coronavirus would be the, the least of your worries in a pool but you know i don't know just uh just a guy who doesn't spend a lot of time in pools, so I, I wouldn't know. Um, Christian Lander has uh, – not that it was a big mystery, but he has recently made it official. He is entering the class of 2020, and he is going to enroll into IU and, and be part of the uh, 2020 class. And for those that don't I – mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you already know. Christian Lander was one of the top players in the class of 2021. And he was he committed to Indiana, and immediately there were rumors that he was going to reclass to 2020, and and that became a thing. And and to my knowledge, and Zach, you can correct me. We talked a little bit about this before we uh, started recording. He's the first Indiana kid, to my memory, that's reclassed down to or reclassed up down, however you want to reclassed to graduate early, at least in basketball. Um, do we know of any other instance of that of that that that's happened? Yeah, I can't I can't think of reading about anybody that has decided to go that route in our state and go to Indiana. You know, it, well, yeah, not even the Indiana part, but I mean the Indiana connection. I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about some of those, you know, couple of instances there. One I had forgotten about, but uh, or really not even sure I knew, but Landers. It's definitely more becoming more common, but this is the first kid from Indiana that has done this, to, to my knowledge, and right. at least anytime soon or anytime recently. And you know, he goes into Indiana with Robert Fennessy being a, entering his junior year. And I don't definitely don't think that I think competition is great. And, you know, Rob had a tough year last year dealing with injuries after what most felt was a brilliant freshman year. For sure. Uh, it, Lander has some qualities that that Fennessy hasn't been able to consistently display yet. He's a better shooter than what than what Robert was in high school. And of course, Fennessey struggled last year uh, with his shot, but again, he was injured. He was basically playing on one and a half legs, even when he came back. Uh, and Christian's ability to get downhill, he he has that ability as well. And I know that's a big deal for what Indiana was looking for this year, if they were going to bring in a, a guard that, that that had to be somebody who could get downhill, especially a like a not not a not a great you know if somebody wasn't a grad transfer but um he he have you you've not had a chance to see him play much have you no i have not he he's a kid that i mean he certainly can score and i i know that when he's when he gets a, he gets a clean look he's as automatic of a shooter as, as i've seen in a while and 
he's played at rights and you know they they're really good 2015 team had so many options and and their ball movement was outstanding and they were fluid offensively lander at rights you know they struggled his first two years there and and then this past year they had a much better record but everything revolved through everything went through him and it, it was sort of understandable but he was in a position where he really drew a lot of attention and 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 the one game that i saw which is the carmel game he had to work awfully hard to get his points and they got thumped and i mean carmel's a good defensive team i you know it, it was a I was surprised. Was not surprised that Carmel won. I was surprised at the point spread. And Lander, at the end of the day, you look at the box screen, you think he had a good game, but reality, he did not have a great game. He was he was inefficient. He had to work to get a lot of shots, and he did a lot of his damage later in the game when the outcome was already figured out. Um, but you know, he is definitely talented. No question, he's a high major guard. The question is is going to be will he is it too soon you know do do kids like this that reclass to get to college earlier and i think that's where we're going with this do they do they jump too soon um what what are your thoughts on on that as we've as we sort of batted this back and forth around today uh in general Obviously, some things I've read about, uh, I've talked about having the mature body, uh, obviously skill enough to come in right away and play. You're not going to leave high school early to sit on the bench for a year, I wouldn't think. Uh, but the, well, the body and the maturity, I think, has a lot to do with it. Table that, definitely. So that brings us to Race Thompson. And, and we're really going to try to keep most of the detailed conversation to Indiana connections. But Race Thompson's a kid that committed to Indiana was pretty much, I think, Coach Miller's first commitment. And he automatically, he right away reclassified. And the talk there was that the, the, he's got the one scenario where I think it kind of makes some sense. He evidently had some injury issues that he had to deal with in real at the time and and his injuries at Indiana had been unrelated to what his injuries in high school were his injuries at Indiana was a concussion um, his first year at Indiana they, they redshirted him they knew he was going to redshirt right away the thought process there was was that he would take the year to get healthy that he would take the year to get his body right that he would take the year to improve his body just in general as most freshmen have to do um, and then he came in last year. I don't think he was expected to play, you know, log 20, 25 minutes a game. But his first year of playing, which was not this past year, I, I said that wrong. But his his freshman year, his redshirt freshman year, he was hampered by a concussion, maybe even multiple concussions, that he could not shake the symptoms and, and get on the floor. Right. But the key word you brought up was maturity. And sort of addressed this today on the IU Rivals Forum. And they, when you do something early, whether it's, it used to be jumping to the NBA. The, the, big, the big issue isn't necessarily the, the physical immaturity or, or the, even the mental immaturity. It, it's the emotional you know, maturity. You know, the, the ability to be on your own, the ability to make, you know, start making decisions for yourself. Um, and, and whether or not one year makes a difference in that, I you know, it's hard to say. I'm sure case by case, uh, one kid's going to be way more mature than the other at the same oh, yeah. age. Yeah, definitely. There is no way in hell I would have been able to do that. Oh, me either. Um, no, no chance. And there was no reason for me. Nobody was wanting me to go to college earlier. Uh, any earlier than what I did. So, but Lander walks into a situation where, especially considering how ill-formed Coach Crean's teams were 
in his final few years and considering what Coach Miller's had to deal with in terms of reshaping that roster without completely gutting it, this is going to be the first year that Indiana has just had a tremendous amount of depth. And we're assuming then that that a couple of those the incoming freshmen, Lander being one of them, will, will contribute. But when you look at what Indiana – when you look at what Indiana can do, even with their losses, they still have they still have roster flexibility, all, you know, rotation flexibility. They still have depth, kind of at every position. A little bit of it's untested, especially with these freshmen. Yep. But if he would have came came in and with the class of twenty twenty one, Finnessy would have been a senior, and there would have been this natural progression to think, okay, Lander gets decent minutes as a freshman behind you know fantasy also playing with fantasy where he would have at least at least in terms of tenure he would have uh, Armand Franklin ahead of him he would have Leal Anthony Leal ahead of him he'd have Trey Galloway ahead of him and he would have um, Jordan Geronimo ahead of him and he would have um Jerome Hunter ahead of him. Now, the reason why I bring up Geronimo and Hunter is because those guys are going to soak up a lot of minutes at the three where you won't have, you know, Galloway or maybe Leal playing that, you know, that third guard spot. So you wouldn't have a lot of situations where you'd have Fennessey Lander and say Leal or Fennessey Lander and Galloway uh, because, you know, you've got Hunter that's going to, soak up a lot of minutes there, especially if he stays healthy. And then I, I know that there's a lot of really high uh, – there's, there's a lot of expectations on Geronimo on, on what, he, what kind of player he can be. So those – so he walks into a situation now where he's competing with three other freshmen for playing time. Yep. As well as fantasy. All of this while being, some instances, a year younger than even, and in a couple of cases, maybe two years younger than than kids that are even in his class, and maybe not two four years, but we'll get to that. Because Leal is a kid that reclassed the other direction. He he should have been a class two thousand nineteen kid, but he set, effectively repeated the eighth grade. And, you know, we were going to touch on that a little bit, too. But, you know, Landers, Thompson, when Thompson came to Indiana, I'm not really sure that I would have done it that way. I know it makes sense he was injured. Maybe, you know, if he's if he's a senior in high school, they're going to really want to compel him to play because he's obviously talented enough that he's going to make a difference between winning games or not winning games. Or maybe even, in their case, winning a title. Uh but at Indiana, he could redshirt and rest, and and if that's the instance, then I guess it makes sense. And if he has the the emotional and mental maturity to handle that, because that's just tough coming in and redshirting right away and not playing. Yeah, you know, I don't know. That's tough when you're when you're you know when you're going in immediately after high school, let alone early, you know, let alone doing that, but. I don't know. You know, you've not seen Lander play. I there's no question that he will be a player that will have a good career at Indiana. Uh, he he's a high major player, no no question. There was some talk early on that he might be a one and done, like that he might be thinking he was a one and done guy when he was maybe a sophomore. That died down quite a bit, and. You know, just his whole recruitment, he played up, which I've got a view on that. He played up yeah, last he, year. He played with Leland Galloway last year, right? In the Indiana he, did, he did, exactly. Yep. And he's the probably the one – he's probably a kid that could do that. I, I think you've got to be pretty special to play up. I think if you're going to play up in AAU, you've got to be in a situation where – you're either starting or you're getting a lot of minutes. Otherwise, you're just you're just depth, and I'm not entirely sure it's doing you a bit of good. 
um, especially if you can play on your that you know your program's team in your regular age group and you know lead them in front of college coaches. Um, but but Lander was a guy that definitely was good enough. Caleb first was doing the same thing for Indy Heat. And, you know, there's there's times where kids do that and end up being their, their eighth or ninth guy. And why there's no bad – there's not necessarily a bad thing about being an eighth or ninth guy on a really good team. But you could play a more prominent role and, and show more of what you can do, you know, getting getting bigger minutes while still playing a competitive schedule in your own age group. Yeah. Um. So it, it'll be interesting to see what Lander, what Lander does as a freshman, and, and if everybody then at the end of next year thinks it was a good idea. Um, you know, we've the Thompson thing we touched on. The one guy. So here's some of the players that have done this recently, and these are all bigger names, not bigger names, but these are all national names. And basically, we're getting both. We're getting. I'm getting a lot of these names off of two USA Today articles, and we'll put their names and the uh, links to the articles in the show notes. But most recently, Ashton Hagens and Charles Basie were supposed to be in the class of 2020 and reclassed to 2019. Hagens went to Kentucky. Basie went to Western Kentucky. Hagen's had a great year for Kentucky. I think it maybe it started slowly. And he's going to enter the draft and and perhaps be a lottery pick. And and a lot of people are attaching this desire to reclass to get to college earlier on this proverbial one and done rule. That the NBA that the NBA is essentially compelled upon the NCAA, where you've got guys that are hunting, you know, getting into college early, thinking they're going to get drafted earlier, and it just doesn't always work out. I don't know that Charles Basie did much to improve his draft stock. I don't know how how much you follow the NBA, you know, NBA draft and all that stuff, but um, I didn't watch a lot of Western Kentucky this year. Yeah, me either. Now, like I said, Hagen's, I think it probably worked out. And, and maybe we're back to the, the thing I said earlier, which is you've got to be pretty special to uh, for this to make sense. Did you did you watch a lot of Kentucky? Did you watch much college basketball? We've not really talked that much about that. Uh, yeah, I, I do. I try to stay up late even and watch some of those uh, Pac-12 West Coast games that are on at 11 o'clock. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, I do. Are you going to be able to get Coach Lightfoot games on uh, ESPN3? Uh, I hope so. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> I haven't looked into that really yet, <laughs> now that you mentioned it. Yeah, well, I don't know. Just a sidebar. Yeah. Um, looking at looking at Basie but, also, and this kind of goes along with some of the articles we've read, uh, he's from Nigeria. So that, that mentioned in there that a lot of kids coming over from overseas will reclassify. And that was, yeah, it's, you know, even looking at the Canadian guys like Wiggins. And yeah, Barrett. So, so, the, so the list is this. So those are the two names that graduated or that were 2020 kids who went to 2019. There's four prominent names this year, evidently, including or in addition to Lander, that reclassed from 2021 to 2020. They're Terrence Clark, who's going to Kentucky. Devin Askew, who's going to Kentucky. JT Thor, who is uncommitted, and Cam Hayes, who's going to NC State. Now, as as much as I like to pride myself in knowing all the Indiana kids, I, I couldn't tell you two things about any of those guys. I, I couldn't tell you anything about any out-of-state kid unless we play him. And even then, it's probably based way more on statistical success uh, than, than, than anything that you know, people might look at them in terms of analysis. Um, 
I don't know about I don't know anything about any of those guys. Yeah, uh, I've heard of Terrence Clark. I've not heard of the other three at all, and that's you know, and I I just don't follow it that much outside of Indiana. Now you look at some previous players that have done this. You've got Andre Drummond who went to UConn. Andrew Wiggins, who went to Kansas, Noah Vonley went to Indiana, and Wayne Selden, who went to Kansas. Um, the the Drummond thing I did not know about. Yeah, me either. The Vonley deal I, I forgot, and the Wiggins one is is right up what you were talking about. Wiggins, and then there's other there's four other names: Dakari Johnson, Carl Anthony Towns, Jamal Murray, and Isaac Humphreys. I don't know Humphreys' deal, but but Murray. Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins are all Canadian players. R.J. Barrett, and, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. You know what? I didn't add those. Yeah, I didn't add. Yeah, I didn't add Barrett. Um, I saw that deep in the se- deeper in the second article. Um, but Barrett would be another one of those guys, and and it's not like the Canadian academic system is so different than ours, but but they do have different. Uh, they they do have different ways they treat their elite level athletes and um you know and they've been producing more and more basketball players here lately and and so there's some ambiguity on you look sometimes you look at age because there's reasons why you might do this you know you had mentioned to me earlier about some of these kids were in the class originally. Yeah. Either held back. On purpose. Well, they basically were held back, yeah, middle school. Yep. And then reclassed. And I like Calipari's comment in one of them where you've got to be pretty sharp academically to do this. And, and whether you're an actual good student or just somebody getting good grades – it's irrelevant if you're getting the grades and, and you're getting the work done and you're getting your core stuff done, especially because it's not like the NCAA rules change. Right. Um, but the Vonley deal, he, I think statistically he was good, but he, it was not a good year for Indiana. He was not, mentally and emotionally mature enough for that to make sense. And he was not a great teammate. I love his ability at the NBA level. I love that he can guard multiple positions, and I love that he's basically a stretch four offensively. But that's not the player that, you know, Indiana thought they were getting a stud, a guy that can put him on his, you know, put the team on his back. He did not – it was pretty lukewarm. And Indiana wasn't very good. And so when you're when you're that guy, when you're that kid, even you know, and he is still a kid at, at that age, but when you're that kid, it's tough to say you, you failed, you let people down, you didn't meet your expectations. But whatever it is, he did not meet expectations. And it's a lot of the same criticisms Romeo Lankford's getting for his freshman year at Indiana. We're sure he had some good stats, but did he really make an impact on winning? Right. Um, Vonley did not make that big of an impact on winning at Indiana, um, to my knowledge, to my remembrance, I should say. You know, maybe if we looked at some deep advanced stats and things like that, but and that's a kid that physically could do it, but. You know, was he capable of maybe not being elite? I mean, you look at how instrumental Trace Jackson Davis was to Indiana this year. He he was impactful. He was emotional. He was a he was a great teammate. He he fought. He battled. There were some games where he absolutely willed them to win, and I don't remember Vonley ever having games like that. Yeah, I don't either. And do you think that's just um, just because of the situation in Indiana? Is that like a wrong place for him would he have been better to western kentucky kind of kid you think or a handful vonley or yeah yeah vonley i don't know vonley i don't remember who he was down to recruiting wise um may have been duke 
maybe been or maybe I there was definitely some more high mate. I mean, there was definitely some blue bloods involved with Vonway. And I was I had forgotten that he was a reclass. And the more I think of it, the more I think that Indiana got him because they were willing to do that. And I do think it was a race to get drafted as quickly as possible. And some of these guys are doing it for that reason. And, and again, a guy like Basie, probably not a good idea. Yeah. You know, a guy like Hagen's, I don't know what his draft stock was coming in, but it's clear it's worked out for him. Um, and, and then we're, you know, we're not even talking about the guys that are playing overseas. You know, we know, I mean, LaMelo Ball didn't finish his senior year of high school. Um, you know, R.J. Hampton, I don't, I don't remember his high school situation. This is, that's a blind spot for me, but, but these guys reclassing just to do this to, to, if they're doing it just to think they're going to get into the draft quickly, you better be really damn special. And, and some of these names are good. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, clearly. Yep. It's worked out. Jamal Murray, uh, it's it's worked out in terms of his production, in terms of the kind of year he had at Kentucky. Um, you know, Dakari Johnson, not so much. Nerlens Noel, another name that, that showed up on this list. He's another, you know, he's a foreign kid. Um, he had some injuries, but he never developed offensively. And, you know, it just remains to be seen on, it just really depends on what your goals are. Um, but then we get the, the, then we get the guys that reclass the other direction, which was, you know, up until recently, the more traditional direction. And these are just Indiana kids. These these are the three most recent. I'm sure there's more. But these are the three most recent that are somewhat prominent. One is Luke Brown, who should be in the class of 2020. He, he basically, I don't want to say he repeated the eighth grade. Um, but Anthony Leal and Noah Jagger were both 2019 kids that repeated the eighth grade and became class 2020, Luke Brown, class 2021. All three of those kids, you know, division one players. Now in Brown's case, he was such a late mature physically. Right. That from that angle, you could kind of see it. Uh, Leal didn't have that problem. Jagger a little different because not a very tall family. Speaking, I coached his brother, so I coached Johnny, and who who was you know ended up being a walk on at IU. Um, and those guys that reclass, it, it doesn't change their ceiling, but it does change their floor, and it gets you a little closer to their ceiling to see whether or not they can maybe contribute at that level and. And Leal's success was a little more prominent, um, I would say, even than, more than Brown because I had that much – carry that much weight on him playing at Bloomington South and being a productive player for four years. Yeah, definitely. And, and a star player for three. Um, you know, Brown was at Brownsburg – I'm sorry, he was in Brownsburg, not at Brownsburg, uh, before he moved to Blackford. And he was a Bethesda Christian kid in middle school. And, and you know, there were some questions on what he would do um, after he after he basically repeated his eighth grade. And I think he homeschooled his eighth grade that, that second year. Could be I definitely could be wrong on that. But but then he shows up at Blackford with that situation and and is having a very, very fine career. He picked up an offer – from Wofford today, yeah, which I think is now his seventh or eighth offer. So, uh, but he, I mean, regardless, his he's definitely a Division One player. So I mean, and he, so that doesn't change that that part. But and maybe in Brown's case, it really helped him. 
it gave him the extra year to mature, you know, and, and stuff like that's calculated risk. Um, but I mean, all this stuff is calculated risk. But you you've not seen Lander play. I like to. I mean, I think he's going to get minutes this year. Nothing else because they don't really have a second point guard. They don't have a second primary ball handler. I know they, they got by last year with Durham and Franklin. I don't know if you watched much of IU last year, but there were times last year they just struggled. Yeah, really definitely. Getting anything done at the start of possessions. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking before Landry even committed to to reclassifying. I was thinking, well, that they're going to have to use Trey at the one this next year to help some because he's not a good enough shooter right now to be able to play the two. So he could handle the ball some, but the, at the one, I feel like behind Finnessy, if he needed to without, that was before Lander reclassified though. You know, and the, and the, I mean, I think that's a good idea on Trey. Cause I think he's, he's got the vision to do it. Yep. He handles the ball well enough to think that it could, that he could do it. Yep. I'd be curious to see what would happen in situations where he was, all right, we're going to put the other team's point guard on him. Right. I mean, it wouldn't be, you know, assuming fantasy's healthy, let's say there's no lander, fantasy's healthy, fantasy's playing 30, 32 minutes a game. Now, last year they did a lot of, you know, they did a lot of rotations with Durham at the point. Early in the year they did rotations with Armand Franklin at the point. And, you know, it, it it was admirable. I don't think it was effective. <laughs> yeah. But that's not either one of their faults. I don't – I didn't see Durham in high school, but he hadn't played much of a primary ball handling role at Indiana since he's been there. And, and Franklin was not a point guard at Fishers and Cathedral. Just wasn't. Uh, he, you know, he's – doesn't mean he wasn't a good ball handler, but when he was bringing the – when he was – has the ball, he was looking to score. And that's just not something that comes as, as easily at the at the collegiate level as it does at the high school level. Um, but Lander will get minutes this year because, one, he's probably comes in right away as one of the top anywhere from two to four shooters on the team. Another one on that list is Leal. I, I think Anthony – and I'm not saying this to be critical. I'm not saying that I'm saying this. I don't know what, if he can show that he can guard the two, you know, or he can guard, be a willing defender and work well. in, in a, you know, in Miller's coach Miller's pack line, I think of the three wings that came in this year between Geronimo and, and Galloway and Leal to me, Leal stands the best chance to get more playing time because he is the better, the best shooter of the three. Yeah. Geronimo has the highest ceiling of those three, though. And they're pretty excited about him. I mean, not that they're not excited about the other two. So you know, it's definitely not a negative to compliment Geronimo as, as you know, being somebody with a higher ceiling. But, but he's got a chance. They it just seems like they like him a lot. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But. Leal will be has a chance to get minutes just because he shoots the ball so darn well. And if there's anything Indiana needed from last year, it's improved shooting. So they add Lander, they add Leal from a shooting perspective. Jerome Hunter maybe can be healthy. That'd be nice. Justin Smith's gone. Well, we, we you know well we could have talked about that, but we're, we're not, we won't get too deep into that. But but so now they're going to have three guys that will give that has the chance to give them quality minutes who can shoot the ball and and hopefully that'll be enough for them to you know steal another handful of wins right how often do you get a, a team like that with with three kids from the same AAU team coming in the a successful AAU team um not a lot Sent two kids to Southern Illinois once, class 2005. And, I mean, and there's been 
you know, you look at the some of the studs. I don't know the Odin and Conley count because they both they both played. Yeah, I mean they they kind of do. I mean, um, Daquan Cook and Odin and Conley and and um, gosh, who was the big kid that I think got shot from Ohio? He was a year behind him actually. Got shot. And it was minor. I mean, I say it was a minor injury. I've never been shot before, but <laughs> but. He got he got in a he got in a bad deal and I can't remember his name, but they had they had three kids go to Ohio State off that team. Yep, and and three way more. No offense to these guys, three way more prominent players. I mean, um, well, because those guys played with McRoberts and Eric Gordon, right? Yeah, Gordon was a year behind. McRoberts was a year ahead. Yeah. Because then, that but yeah, those three guys. There's a case of Eric Gordon playing up two years on an AAU team. That's how good he was. Yeah. See, that's and that's. I mean, that's just how good he was. Because he just and he and he had such a motor even at that age. I mean, I had the class 2005, and we were really good. I mean, my freaking backup center. Now, granted, he lived in the middle of nowhere in Illinois. But he went to Wake Forest, and my my two starting front court guys both went to Southern Illinois. They were Indiana All Stars, so we didn't lose. We didn't. The only team we lost to from Indiana was that Odin and Conley group, and and we played them twice. We beat them once. They beat us once, and that's the only team for three years that we lost to out of Indiana. It's not bad in any event. That's not bad. We just couldn't get by. Memphis. We couldn't get by Thad Young and Sean Williams and Willie Kemp, who went to Georgia Tech, or Trey Kemp, that went one somebody named Kemp that went to Georgia Tech, and then Pierre Niles, a six nine kid that went to Memphis. So that was our bugaboo. We lost them four times in two years. Uh, the, the first time we lost him at sixteen under down at AAU Nationals. And then the second, and then at 17 under, we lost to him three times in a year. The, that year, two times in one week. Wow. And the, the guy that runs that program was very complimentary, but I, I, I wanted to choke him. <laughs> I didn't want to choke him. I, he told me he really loved our team, and I told him I thought he was crazy because uh, we, we couldn't get over the hump with them. So, but, yeah, those were some – those were the days when Indiana was really producing talent. That was the last really great stretch that ran from 2004 to 2008, if not a little later. Yeah. Just a lot of guys got out of that era that got drafted. But So um, has, has Lander said why he's leaving early? Is that is that like a, his decision? You you could you you're supposed to tell me that you uh, said you said you read some. Well, well and this go is ahead and say what you told. We were talking about this before the before we were recording. So go ahead and say what you were telling me. Yeah, uh, I had just heard through the grapevine that he is just ready to get out of Evansville. That he's not a big fan of Evansville and just ready to be gone. Basically, is what I had heard. Yeah. And I actually, actually, I was at a game with Ryan at Culver Military this year, and yeah, Trey was talking with us a little bit, and he kind of knew then that Christian was ready to go, and he was probably going to pull the trigger and reclassify if he if he ended up committing to IU. So I mean, even guys like him had idea an idea that he was going to reclassify. Even back then, even yeah, that was December. Look, Lander's going to be a kid that will have to learn how to play without the basketball. If he's if he's going to be get a lot out of this year, I don't know how I feel if he comes in and and he's the starting point guard. Right. I don't care. I mean, if and if India as an Indiana fan, if they're winning, he's doing that, then great. I mean, I'm right on the the, the front of the. Rob Fennessy fan bus right on the front. Oh yeah. <laughs> he knows that. 
he he knows and he i mean i'm being serious when i say he he knows that as well i loved him when he was at mccutcheon um i didn't like it that much when they beat carmel in the regional um but absolutely loved watching that kid play he is such a perfect college point guard because he's oh, so yeah. unselfish definitely he and he's a tough kid he fears nothing on the court he just didn't play very well last year and he just couldn't get healthy yeah that was the big part can lander come in and play the two i think he shoots it well enough to to do that Will he – how will he compete defensively? The Again, most of – I bet most of these questions are way more about mental and emotional maturity than they are about physical maturity. Yeah. I mean, he's going to come in and be a freshman and get beat around a little bit physically. You know, okay, everybody does that. Trace Jackson Davis took some – took some thumps, you know, this, this past year getting – with people trying to, you know, muscle up on him and be physical with him. It's freshman. Yeah. But Lander, I think any struggles he has this year is going to be the other aspects, the the, the neck up aspects. Not that he's not capable, but he's just not used to it. He's not used to the, playing without the basketball. Yeah. he. I know he's used to coming off screens. That's how he scored against Carmel. I, and I know he can. I know he's good at catching, cut, coming off screens, catching, getting a shot, and, and hitting. So that's not the issue. The issue is, I don't know how they're not going to run a ton of stuff for him as a freshman. So is he going to be able to? Um, <laughs> sorry, I've got uh, like three or four text messages came in at once from the same person, and it's, and it's a school coach actually. So I'll be curious to see what he wants. Um, he, how he handles that role, and it may be a role of diminished playing time. Yeah. So how he handles that role will, will determine, I think, his success as it go forward. I, I think if he gets a year stronger, Durham, Al Durham will be – you know, if you project it forward, Al Durham's probably the starting shooting guard for Indiana this year as a senior. Once he graduates, Lander could step very well step in that role as a sophomore when Fennessey's a senior. And and sure that makes Indiana a little small in the backcourt, but I don't know that Fennessey. I don't know that Lander's that much smaller than Durham. He might be. Is how what's Lander listed as? He listed six two, six two, six one. Yeah. You know what? Let's check that out. Hold on a second. Um. We need dead air in a podcast. That's what we need. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Six one. Yep. So that would make Indiana small in the backcourt, and that and that's not necessarily ideal. Um, but you know, with more and more teams going with two primary ball handlers, and who's to say Armand Franklin gives up that spot in the rotation? You know, Leo. Leal's more ready. Galloway's more ready. Geronimo's pushing for time. Who's to say that they can't go fantasy? Geronimo and and Hunter. You know, if 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 especially if Geronimo can guard shooting guards. I don't know. It, he, he's going to have to really. He's going to have to really adapt to not just a new environment, being a, a kid at college. You know, being a you know, a, a young kid in college, but he's going to have to adapt to they are not centering this offense around me. Yeah. And how he handles that is this, especially even in, in this first year is, is going to be crucial for his development and see how it is going forward. And, and everybody I talk to loves his talent. When I've watched him play, I've been impressed with his talent. Um, it's just, it's a different role. And, and this being the first, instance of a kid from indiana that's done this that's reclassed to graduate sooner to get to get out sooner i i think it's it, you know it's good it's good discussion good analysis so anything else with that i 
we didn't have much to talk about coming into this and yeah this became our topic so it wasn't and you've not you it was really mostly about lander and you've not had a chance to see him play i've only seen him play school ball once i've seen him play in, in the summer you know probably a half dozen or just over a half dozen times sure yeah i think that was about all i was interested in with him reason and and then popularity of that decision I mean, it seems like everybody's loving the decision, obviously, for him to come in and save the day. Yeah, he's not going to save the day. He's not going to have to save the day. Right. If he if he has to save the day, Indiana's in trouble. Yeah. And that is no slight on him whatsoever. I I will say this. They they will with him on the team. They will be better equipped if Fennessy has continues to have injury issues. You know, and and Rob's injury that he dealt with this past year is unrelated to anything he went through in high school. Um, so I, I'm not too worried about Rob bouncing back. If this was continually the same stuff that he went through when he missed a lot of time in AAU a couple of years ago, I would worry. But I, unless I'm missing something, I don't. They're not related. That'd be good. But so that so if if Fennessey's playing a full boat of minutes, or even is it, is able to play fewer a little bit fewer minutes because of Lander, and Lander's there anyway. You know they're they're going to be better equipped this year to handle their their point guard position than the, what they were last year. Automatically, right. So I don't see any. Without digging too deep into Indiana, like Indiana University, I don't see much more on this stuff that we talked about earlier. You know, before we started recording, that that we need to go back and emphasize again. Right. So you went to the pool. Covageddon is almost. Is it almost over? We're not almost over. Oh gosh, who knows? We are practicing AAU. That that felt good. We may have had a social gathering the week before. That that was pretty enjoyable, and then we <laughs> then we may have had a, a, a official practice this past weekend. That's good. There may have been a social gathering last weekend with basketball and some goals, and some very very eager parents to get their kids out of the damn house. Right. <laughs> that is definitely the, the truth there. I'm sure. On two teams, we only had one parent expressed a remote level of it, of hesitation, and her hesitation was just simply the way things look now. We're we're ready to roll. If it if it does, you know, if it takes a bad turn, we may rethink it. And I and my reply to that was that's absolutely fair. Yeah. But between two teams of kids, I had four parents m- reply back saying things like. I need to get my damn kid out of the house. <laughs> you know, I love my son. I need to get him away. Yeah. He needs to get out. Right. He needs to, you know, a lot of these guys have been doing zoom workouts. A lot of these guys have been figuring out ways. If you follow their social media at all, their Instagram stuff, they have figured out ways to find gyms to get into. Um, luckily there's a few options of private gyms in in the Carmel area that, we can we can get into but um and then i got one kid that's worked out four days a week with his trainer so that's awesome and you know individually they're as socially distant as they can get you know it's it's i went up and watched a couple of them and and they were nice breaks into what we've been going through so life here in carmel is kind of getting back to normal yeah i'd say wearing a mask when i go when i go grocery shopping same up here south bend been a busy, uh, busy uh, couple weekends out and about, Menards, Lowe's, those kind of places. Yep, we have this Midtown Plaza in Carmel that I, I will say that once this thing gets a little bit clearer, will be amazing. Uh, just an amazing hangout area, and it was, it's, 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 construction wise, it's done. It wasn't done this time last year, or it wasn't done at the end of nice weather last year, but it's done now. And of course, it's 
it's been closed up until four days ago, five days ago. Yeah. I'm still not comfortable hanging out there. I, I, I go eat. There's like five or there's like four restaurants right there. Two of them I'm going to eat at a lot in my time. One of them I go to, I've already been to about four times in the last two weeks. Jeez. I just, I just eat and leave. I don't hang around. Yeah. Um, saw a for, I saw a former player tonight, his brother, another friend of mine, they're friends with the, another friends of mine that their kid was there. So I literally like quick fist bump, get the heck out. Good to see you. I'm going home. Um, so I'm not fully comfortable yet, except around people that I know have at least expressed a level of vigilance. Yeah. Same with us. Um, but it's good to be it's the the weather being nice helps so be spending a lot of time on my bicycle here pretty soon so so we're good to go yeah i think it's another solid week under an uh, under an hour under an hour book it all right tell me tell me again what your idea was on other types of podcasts you were Let's let's get this on record. You were asking me about, and I forget exactly the direction you wanted to go with this. You were asking about interviewing. Oh yeah, whom uh, again? Different level of college coaches uh, and their okay. their recruiting recruiting aspects uh, through all this. How how recruiting is looked right. f- for them. Well, we're gonna get on that. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna go some because I think we're running out of material until we start getting games. Yeah. Um. And and for those that are following the summer scene, it looks like we may might be able to sneak in some games at the end of June, assuming Indiana continues on its path. The state of Indiana continues on its path. We are planning a late June schedule and a decently full July and maybe even a couple of events in August. So uh, maybe that becomes part of a podcast or, or, or at least a, a separate one yeah, at some point. So Definitely. Well, I think that that about does it for episode 13. Zach, I appreciate your time as always. Yeah, it's been fun doing this. I like it. We uh, we are chomping at the bit to get into some sort of legitimate basketball season. Um, safely. Safely, yes. definitely. I'm the crazy one. I'm the one that just wants to kind of be in the gym the whole time. But, <laughs> but well, anyway, guys, thanks for listening. As always, uh, Courtside Indiana podcast is subscribable via Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We have uh, we will put the names and uh, article links that of the of the topic we discussed tonight in our show notes. Thanks for joining us. 